everybody. This is Jenna. And I'm Noelle. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Welcome back, listeners, and Noelle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, I got a great one today, Noelle. I'm excited. What are, what are you going to tell me about today? Is it something disgusting like last last time that you spoke to me? I mean, it's not as bad, but okay. it's... No, last time was real bad. It was gag-worthy, so... It's a little gross. Yeah. I can handle a little gross. A I can't little. handle uh, human sludge. Yeah, no. No, no more human, human sludge. sludge. No. Uh, <laughs> All right. This, this is, you know, a TB sanatorium. Okay. All right. I get, so that I get what kind you're putting of, down. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Duluth, Minnesota. Is this the one I've seen with big open windows? No. Darn so it. That, is that one? That is Waverly Hills, and that's okay. actually going to be in a couple weeks. I know. I'm going to cover that in a couple weeks, yeah. guys. So they call No Peming the Waverly Hills of Minnesota because it is kind of the same. Yeah, it's giant. And with, they have that bat wing type of structure to the building and they also have those really big, wide open windows. Yeah. We're going to get into it because in true Jenna fashion, I'm going to start with background on tuberculosis Mm -hmm. and focusing on the major U.S. outbreak from the late 1800s into the 20th century. Okay. Okay. So before we go to our destination of Nope Hemming Sanatorium. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about why we needed to have those. Yes. So tuberculosis is an infectious disease, usually affecting the lungs. It's so awful. pulmonary tuberculosis was the big thing that hit the United States and mm-hmm. pretty much the entire world. Mm-hmm. These symptoms were cough, chest pain, fever, bloody mucus night sweats, and weight loss. Mm -hmm. A lot of times before they knew and named, you know, the the virus that created it and that kind of stuff, they called it consumption. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear that a lot in, like, period dramas and things like, well, she's dying of the consumption and she's coughing blood into her hanky. Mm -hmm. That is basically TB. In 1882, a doctor named Robert Koch, or Cook, I've heard it said uh, both ways. K-O-C-H. Yep. Yep. I'm saying Koch. <laughs> I know, because there was a cook, I think, in our high school with it last With that, yes. But I've yeah. seen another person I around know. here who's Koch. Koch. Just like, Urgh. Yep. <laughs> Darn C-H. <I> know. <laughs> so, Just make it one way or the other, will ya? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I'm over names, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they need to have pronunciation with them, but they don't. Exactly. <laughs> I look it up usually, but this one I was like, eh, well, this way could go either way. Or Koch, it just know? depends on how the person family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when you come over and stuff, they'll change your name. Uh-huh. They'll do the whole thing. And they'll Americanize you, and it's it's all a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> but this doctor Koch discovered that TB was extremely contagious and not genetic. So a lot of times before that, they thought, oh, well, your mother had it. You're probably going to get it. It's genetic, this type of thing. No. No. TB is transmitted through air and droplets. Yeah. Kind of if you think about COVID-19 and what we're going through. So talking, coughing, and sneezing um, would spread the disease. Spitting as well. Terrifying, dude. Yeah, it's just anything terrifying. anything could have just spread it, you know, talking, singing, and it's a whatever. horrible disease. Awful. I mean, you usually yeah. did not get cured from it. Couldn't breathe. We'll get into the medical treatments yeah. that they were doing on these people. It wasn't a good time. No. So of course, good hygiene was thought to help. You know, wash your damn hands. Make sure that you're not, you know, yeah. <clears throat> all over yourself and all over everybody else and your bus seats. Vampire cough, people. Yep. Vampire sneeze, vampire cough. Yep. Or they said, you know, keep a handkerchief with you or like a napkin that you could dispose of or even burn, Mm -hmm. you know, just get the fuck rid of it. Yeah, because you don't know if you're carrying probably symptoms. Exactly. A lot of people were asymptomatic at that time. Yeah. They're, you know, you can't tell. And if they just threw it on the ground, like some people do with their masks. Or other things, just cups. Yeah. Yeah. Then it it seeps out into the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So Exactly. And, you know, how with COVID, there's a lot of bans and things that you can't do and things that you should do. Well, during this time, they had spitting bans. So there were signs all over saying, you know, do not spit in your carriage. Do not spit, you know, 
anywhere in the free world. Yeah. Make sure that you're keeping all of your bodily fluids to your fucking self. Which, not that big of a deal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> why do you, why do people feel the need that they just need to spray people with their freaking germs? junk? I know. It's disgusting. It's like, yes, we, our immune systems do need to have some germs, mm. you know, associated so that we can build up immunity. But no, you do not need to sneeze in my fucking face. No. And, and I get so grossed out, <laughs> especially like with school railings or any place with railings people just cough and sneeze on their hand and then they touch the railing go down it and I'm like oh uh-huh I always like pull my sweater down and I like touch the railing that way if I have to touch the railing <laughs> yep, yep. if I don't have to I just don't touch uh-huh. it yeah I doors with my elbows or my shoulder you know I wasn't before COVID the biggest germaphobe ever you know it wasn't it wasn't something that I was crazy about. Yeah. You see germaphobes, and they're germaphobes. They yeah. don't touch things. They no. don't do anything. They have to carry, you know, hankies. With it was them. only certain things for me, like, like I said, railings. Things you know carry a lot of fucking nasty shit. Yes. Uh, toilet yep. uh, handles, flushers. Oh, yes. I always do my shoe. Uh-huh. Or grab yep. a piece of toilet paper and flush it with that. Well, I even say know, that, like, like, half of the freaking toilet paper that you use, you're supposed to, like, go down the toilet paper I have no people that not use that. it. Yeah. I won't use it because that's all bacteria. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, scary, scary guys. Um, <laughs> wear your mask. Wear a mask. Wear a full body bubble is what I'm going to do for non. Y'all disgusting. Y'all gross. <laughs> we all disgusting. Y'all gross. So, be happy that at least we don't have a spitting ban, okay? Be happy it's not tuberculosis, you guys. It's, it's bad. Be happy we have vaccines that made tuberculosis go away. Well, antibiotics. Yes. We'll, we'll get into that because it's lasted for a really fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel that they have found TB in ancient mummies. That's how far back this pulmonary disease went. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't discovered tuberculosis and highly contagious until the 18-fucking-hundreds. Yeah. It's and crazy. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like you have to be a smoker or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just happens to anybody. Exactly. With... Of course, it's exacerbated if you're not taking care yeah. of yourself and you are a smoker. But Anybody with lungs. Anybody. Children yeah. were Anybody being taken mm-hmm. from this disease. Anybody. It's because it was just so contagious. Yep. yep. It and wasn't something like cancer that's not contagious. It just attacks the one person. It's something exactly. that is contagious. And once they were able to kind of figure out how contagious it was, they could, you know, good hygiene, don't yeah. spit, don't talk towards people, don't cough on people. I'm surprised they didn't put a mask mandate on. Well, I think at that time there were a lot of, like, flu mandates as well with the masks. So it might have, like, coincided. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know Spanish flu was 1918, right? Well, that's the thing is, this was going on with the flu as well. Hmm. It was in the 19, you know, late 1800s into the early 21st century. Yeah. Kind of like 1950s, we'll talk about. So I think that that one overshadowed this one. This is a pandemic that no one really talked about or was, or was, Jesus, you know. But yet there was giant fucking buildings made. Exactly. So obviously. And people dying. Yeah. And. You know, there there is a, a dormant one that can live inside you that you don't necessarily die from. So if people were getting that one, it was like, all right, you don't feel very well, but you'll get better. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every now and again, someone will get that really, really bad, tough strain where mm-hmm. it would just down and out. You got to get sent to a sanatorium. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. So with this disease being contagious as hell, sanatorium started popping up. Mm-hmm. These Might hospitals. as well put them all together. Exactly. Exactly. Keep it's, them away from their home and their loved ones that can be getting sick. Yep. And, yep. And they they were a place for rest. They were a place for fresh air. Patients were fed a healthy diet and encouraged to take walks. Yeah, they were they, they thought, were a good place. They thought that fresh air and sunlight would heal these people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little hokum. It's a little like, eh, you know, we, we do need the antibiotics for it, but it did help. Yeah, there I mean, were vitamin cases, D does help things, but... There were cases where they said, you know, if you lived in a drier climate, you felt better of your TB. You know, there, there were factors Well, sure, because if it's not in. as humid, it's not as taxing on your lungs in the first place. Yes, yeah, yeah, but it and wasn't then, completely healing it either. And then you know, probably was, all the fresh air was because you got all these TB patients together, and it's just quite frankly gross. So being out in fresh air, having air, fresh air... Is better than everybody being cooped up with the TB and the pollution, know. right? They they had so. tons of pollution in the in the 
towns and cities that mm-hmm. were industrialization you know, was happening huge yeah. yes so steam pollution it was it was really bad at that time yeah. quality so, of of air wasn't good for your lungs in the first place nope so that is why they usually built them in very secluded areas when they were looking Wooded to build places. a sanatorium they they took a long time to figure out what is the best place going to be they were kept quarantined away from everyone who wasn't infected they got fresh air and then you know, with that, it, it, they felt like it, it it helped. Bless the souls of the people who work there as the nurses and caretakers, man. Well, we didn't do that too. I couldn't get it. I, I, that's a scary thing to being in such a highly, highly contagious, just like COVID, but I mean, with something that makes you cough up blood and there's like, it's just, oh, it's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like I was telling you, you know, I've been into these antiques and oddities, and they have those cuspidors, those mm-hmm. old-fashioned little things that you, you just carry with you and you spit Cut, into. Yeah. Because it kept it to yourself. You yeah. could clean it. You could probably sterilize it with alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, you could keep it cleaner instead of, you know, <clears throat> all over your hands. better to recycle it rather than, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the treatment varied a lot for pulmonary tuberculosis. Healthcare officials believed, of course, fresh air and a healthy diet would cure patients. So most of the sanatoriums had open air rooms. Mm-hmm. So if you do, no, Peming has been remodeled. It was used for something else. Waverly Hills is very much the same. If you look at a picture of Waverly Hills, there's these huge, just open mm-hmm. windows. No mm-hmm. glass, no nothing. shutters, nothing. It's just a giant brick building with open chasms. Yep, yep. And people would sleep outside. They would do what it's they really needed awesome to do. Building. I'm excited for that episode. We yeah. should travel there. I know. How I, far away is it? Uh, it's in Kentucky. Oh, not bad. I think it's in Kentucky. Uh, and I saw a movie about that, like, eighth ninth grade and since then i've been so enthralled with waverly hills i just thought it was the coolest freaking thing and then i learned about this place just Mm -hmm. like this year and i was like oh another one Mm -hmm. so this place has changed a little bit but if you want to see that look at pictures of waverly because that is just to a t sanatorium Mm -hmm. open air allowing of course they had to find places with a natural cross breeze and the places seemed pretty legit. They seemed pretty nice, like a like a retreat mm-hmm. for you, you know. But there were times when surgery was definitely needed. If patients were getting sick quickly, they would deliberately collapse the lung. This is called a pneumothorax treatment. And then they don't pump it back up. They just so your lung will regenerate naturally. So what would happen is they would inject oxygen or nitrogen into the cavity and then it would collapse the lung. The reason they did the procedure was because tuberculosis puts lesions onto your lung and it hurts. It, if you keep breathing in, it's not healing your lung. So they felt that collapse the lung, you'll work on one lung, and then this one can heal, basically. Mm-hmm. And it regenerated itself. So your lung would naturally regenerate. Patients would have to come back every two to three weeks to get more injections and recollapse the lung. Sounds awful. Sounds terrible. Yeah. You'd think if lesions hurt, a collapsed lung probably hurts pretty fucking bad. Probably didn't feel too great. Yeah. But. Because you're still breathing. It's still trying to fill up with air, but it can't. Uh, I mean, they didn't close off the tubes to the lungs. Probably not, no. So it's, it's still trying. Like collapsed it. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was more, that was the tamer version that they did. Um, if the fresh air and collapse therapy were not working, patients would have a thoracoplasty. Okay. That is basically removing sections of the ribs. Okay. And it would basically where you were taking the rib out, it would collapse that part of the lung. So it was like a partial type of collapse. Unfortunately, this is not reversible like the other one. You just did Weird. That. Yeah. They huh. would take out the ribs. I think it has to do with not having that lung there. I think the or not having having the ribs there. I wonder why the lung won't regenerate itself at the bottom, just at the bottom of it though. Mm, well, no. If they you were said it's a partial it, collapsed lung. Yeah, so it could have been the top or the bottom. It, no matter where the thing was, they were partially collapsing it. I just wonder why it wouldn't based regenerate. on 
I think it's because of the, the, the ribs. Huh. I think it has something to do with that open cavity. Because a lot of times they took the whole, the entire lung out. They were like, all right, you know, this fucking can't be saved. Let's take it all out. You can work on one lung. And then. Good Lord. I think so, yeah. Because I, I think a lot that. of people. I, I thought you needed both. I, nowadays you're going to be like on oxygen. You're going to yeah. be getting a breathing apparatus to help you. So you can definitely, I think, live on like. I don't know the full <sighs> capacity of not having. I would Certain have to lines. say, you could probably only take half a breath. <sighs> but, yeah. You know, probably just half a breath. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, so that was basically, they couldn't figure out how to get the disease out of the lung, so either collapse the lung so it's unusable, or completely fucking take that shit out. It sounds awful painful, especially the rib part. Like, I don't want to be, like, don't take that out of me. So, many died. It said in the research that TB was killing one in seven in the U.S. by the late 1800s. Wow. Yeah, so it was cooking. Yeah. The counties in Minnesota were like 100 a year up to 200 a year, just in a county. So mm-hmm. that's that's big. You know, yeah. that's not small potato deaths yeah. for a year, especially when it's rapid and it's so fucking contagious. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to get into Nopeming, the actual sanatorium we're going to talk about today and how it came to be. So many of the sanatoriums were built and do exist today, but of course we're focusing on the one in Minnesota. So it started when Dr. Edward Tuohy attended the International Conference of Tuberculosis in Chicago, uh, 1908. So tuberculosis was big enough so that you know, they had a national fucking committee on the mm-hmm. thing, and they had conferences to go over, how are we going to treat this? What do we think as medical professionals will help? And basically, that was how the sanatorium grew. They knew that it was a good thing. Other people probably needed it. Let's start a conference throughout the 50 states, or how many of the fucking states there were at that time. So he saw the impact of TB on other areas and how sanatoriums could be helpful he started himself the Duluth Anti-Tuberculosis Committee. Their goal was to convince the legislators to build in Minnesota. They basically had to make it make it advisable. Like, how many deaths do we have? Why do we have to have our own? It's going to be fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. And that was his job to basically lobby with these legislators to be like, we fucking need this. People are dying. So once the lobbying is over, he is successful. They decide that they are going to get a state-run sanatorium. They just needed to find the right place. It needed to be, of course, secluded, peaceful, and have great natural breezes. So they bought an 80-acre plot of land in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's in the forest. There was not even a real road to it. No plumbing. There's nothing to this plot. It is out in the middle of nowhere. So according to an article on substrate.org that was written by Dan Turner, they actually held a contest to pick the name of the sanatorium. Okay. Usually it was probably like the closest town or, or something. Whoever that thought kind of, of to build it or whatever. The something like that. Yeah. But they wanted something a little bit different. So they were like, let's have the townspeople pick. They had three different categories or not three. They had different categories such as Native American, English, or historical, and then people could, you know, put in their their names in the hat based off of that. Mm-hmm. They felt the English names were too common. They wanted something a little different. So the winner, of course, was Nopeming. Nopeming is a native Ojibwe word that translates to in the forest or out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And it felt perfect. Mm-hmm. It is native land that they were on. And it is out in the woods. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really cool. Oh, and cool. apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, but I found this a lot in my research. Ojibwe is 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 Chippewa. So it, if you're more familiar with Chippewa, they're similar. Similar word. Yeah. So technically, the Pine Barrens mm-hmm. and the No Penning. Out in the woods. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> those, is. Those ghost towns are. No, no coming. Yeah. yeah. Just out in the woods, yeah. out in the forest. 
So when the sanatorium started out, it was only two buildings and it was designed to house 50 patients. Okay. I think at that time they thought, eh, it's manageable, it's doable, we'll be fine. It opened in May of 1912 and things were still under construction. So, oh my gosh, while it was open. Uh huh. So the first 50 patients had apparently slept in tents until the accommodations were finished. Oh my god. Uh huh. Uh huh. Which, granted, when you're sleeping inside, you're not really sleeping inside because they had the open air model. Yeah. But still, you're sleeping in a fucking tent. <laughs> yeah, that's. Luckily, it was May, but it still was probably pretty chilly. The medical staff, doctors, and nurses also lived on the property, so they had to increase the size of this place, especially because things are going to start ticking up. The main large hospital building, which is called the Chateau, which that's the building you'll see if you Google it, mainly a lot of the buildings are not there anymore. Mm -hmm. That is the large structure in the picture, and it still stands to this day. By 1930, they had a total of 31 buildings on the site. Holy moly. It was a small community at this point. Yeah. Um, what were all those buildings used for? There was a water treatment building, usually. Yeah. A steam plant. They had rest huts for the patients. Mm -hmm. So if you walked through prescribed, it was a thing that you, you know, take a walk, it would be good for you. Mm -hmm. They would get tired very easily, especially if, you know, either working with one lung or your other lung is very hurt and diseased. So they would have little huts where they could rest in between their walks. That'd be a super cool place to explore. I know, right? Yeah. I don't know how much... How much you can explore? Well, of it is left. Uh -huh. I don't know if these huts are still there. I don't what think... A shame. They, sh they better have left them there. I don't... Because they change owners and, mm -hmm. and they remodel the place. So I know that the hospital building is like the big main one that is still there. Mm -hmm. They also had cottages for the nurses, homes for the doctors... You were quarantined with your patients. It's not like you left yeah, at I mean, the end of the day. You're being around that stuff. And it's not close. You yeah. know, at this time, people are not taking their cars and driving to and from work. They're yeah. living here at the compound. Yeah. They also had a cafeteria, of course. And the cafeteria was equipped with a stage that they used for entertainment. That's nice. Yes, and that stage is still there. Sounds like they really tried to make this place a nice place for these people to be. Yes, yes. Especially, you know, if they were end up dying and things like that, you know, it's still... At least it wasn't a horrible place. A good place. place to be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got to... You felt taken care of. You didn't feel... Be out in nature. Right. And you could do still have some peace. things. So much peace. I can just imagine the birds chirping and the sun is shining on you and you're outside in your bed and no, you can't breathe. It's probably fucking awful, but at least you have good things to look at yeah. <laughs> and fresh air. Yeah. So you don't have to be worried about killing your loved ones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, kind of Not like into it, but they, they had like family days and stuff where people, I mean, hmm. you wanted to be able to visit your family. You were completely shut off. I don't hmm. know how they made it work they yeah. probably masked people up had good hygiene but they did allow you know visits and things like that yeah, or else they'll go crazy exactly that really would be a sanatorium exactly and who knows by the time the whole family might have been infected the whole family might have been fucking living in opening and mm -hmm. who the fuck knows you know the mm -hmm. mom and dad are over in this board the children and the children board yeah you know it it probably just burst right through families pretty uh -huh. quickly. So. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, you know, if if you were young, maybe you could come out of it pretty good, and you could, you know, get your breathing back and go back to life. Mm -hmm. You never know. No, Peming did have an operating room as well, in order to, of course, perform the collapse therapy and cutting out the the lung and all that kind of stuff. And there is a tunnel system. Hmm. A lot of these have tunnels underneath them. That's cool as fuck. Uh-huh. Pretty sure when we get into Waverly, they have a tunnel underneath theirs. A whole maze of tunnels. Take it, it from where to where? It would go from, like, the main buildings to the little buildings. Because they wouldn't oh, be neat. all next to each other. But you'd want to be able to get there in the cold or... Well, oh, it's Minnesota. You know, yeah. So they would have this whole tunnel system. Mm -hmm. 
they were a lot of the times used for body removal, that is the thought, and to travel to other buildings during the winter. So mm-hmm. with the body removal, there was a tunnel that led from the like main hospital to like the boiler room slash crematory area. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. You don't want I don't know how contagious these bodies are after mm-hmm. death, you know, you could aspirate a little bit Maybe of like releasing spores <gasps> or whatever. You know, things like yeah. that. So they probably wanted to keep them away from other patients, mm-hmm. maybe not scare people by mm-hmm. how many bodies are moving out of there. So yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. That's probably a big part of it. Uh-huh. So, so with the crematory ovens, I'm not sure how busy that area was, but death was no stranger with tuberculosis. Yeah. With the disease affecting the respiratory system, it was not a pleasant time coughing, your chest hurts, you're short of breath. They probably were out of breath a lot of the time. If you're coughing up blood, that's probably jarring to see blood coming out of where you're breathing. That's just awful. So unfortunately, many patients ended up taking their own lives. There is a balcony that is notorious for this. And disclaimer for all y'all out there who don't like this word, this is called the suicide balcony. That is the name that it was given. You can actually see that balcony. There is a picture of it. So it was each and every one of them they would jump off or the very top? Probably depended on whichever one they were at, Well, I hope nobody tried from that bottom one because you ain't going to hurt yourself. This doesn't look very tall. The top one was pretty damn tall. I was going to say, you might end up with some broken parts, but you might not guarantee death off this part of this building. But I think it was just desperation. They were dying. I know, but that's... They might have just made it worse. They might have survived yeah. and then, like I said, ended up with, because this is not very tall. I mean, the, the bottom portion is not too far well, they off probably the weren't jumping from then, the bottom. Yeah, They I were know, probably but, jumping from the top, but they're going to bar the entire thing because it's open. Yeah. And that's what those bars are there for, is to stop people from. They would have had to go head first. Jumping to their death. They would have had to go head first. That is not a splatting death. <laughs> Probably it not. It's not no. a splatting death. No. no, that is a, <clears throat> that is a, well, we'll risk it and see if it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's terrible. I don't mean, I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm just laughing at, yeah. So anyway. So that, it, they did, they installed the 10 foot bars to prevent the atrocities from happening. And those bars are still on those windows today yeah. that you can see. Mm-hmm. And with death. There comes murder. There was obviously murder at No Penning. Who's killing people? There's not a ton a on A doctor? This. No. So there's not a ton on this story. I tried to find different nudist articles. I tried to find something I could pull from the actual day and what happened. All I know is that on May 12th of 1940, which was Mother's Day, yeah. there was a murder-suicide on the third floor. In the chateau building. So basically, there was, well, it was like a family day that was there. I heard that it was a patient who killed an orderly. I heard it was a patient who killed a patient. But there was a man who shot another man and then turned the gun on himself on the third floor in 1940. And that, yeah. Yeah. So. They call it the Mother's Day Massacre, and... That's not an appropriate word for that. It's not, because usually you think of, like, a Many lot more people. of death. Like, even if it's just seven, like that Boston yeah. Massacre we were talking about. I think like, it could be more of the fact that there were so many people there, and it was, like, jarring. If you think of, like, being somewhere, it's a, it's a family day, it's something, and then death and murder ensues. Mm-hmm. I think that's more where they're coming up with that, because it was probably just... A fucking yeah. awful memory Still for those poor right people. Definition, but I get, I get what they're coming from. Yeah, I'm a definition person. I, I go by what words mean. That's what. what they yeah, say. yeah. That's massacre is usually a lot and a lot. Massacre lot means death. massive amounts of death. Yes, yes. mass yes. amounts. Yep. So by 1954, antibiotic treatment is really what starts the decline of the sanatoriums. They're not needed as much anymore because they're finding that. Three drugs, there's like a cocktail of three that will take down the hmm. bacteria and you feel better and you get healed. There are antibiotic res- resistant strains though that 
people still get to this day. Guys, tuberculosis is not gone. Tuberculosis is real. Have you ever had a tuberculosis test? I have. You have. I have. Remember the little butterfly thing that they stick in your arm when you worked in the medical field? No, I didn't get one of those. You were at a doctor's office. You didn't get one of those? I never got a TB test. Oh, yeah. You get them. I got a, a one for cause because you work mm-hmm. around people. Never once did I get a, a, one of those weird tests. Huh. It's not weird. It's just they take a little butterfly syringe and they just like that. It's like two seconds. They did it at the fucking nurse's office mm-hmm. when I was in cause. And it puts a little tiny bit of TB in you, and then it, if you react to it, you could be a carrier. Because my mom always got it done, like, yearly or every other year when she worked at the doctor's office. And Maybe it was, but I don't remember it being like that. It might be it might be something different now. They, I know they injected me with saline. Hmm. With something. Maybe that was with it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was just this tiny little thing, and they just, they set it there and went... And it always scared me, but it wasn't too bad because I just don't like needles. I'm curious now. But yeah, yeah. So. But I um, wonder how they made it, how they pretty much eradicated it just with antibiotics. I wonder how. Like, I wonder how they got it to go away like that. I didn't really. I mean, it, is, it didn't go away. Well, I know, but mostly. I mean, nobody gets that one strain that's, that's, nobody gets that anymore, it seems, besides, you know, those rare cases. Yeah, I think it's just, it's been... It's just so weird how, how it was so contagious and then they were able to get it to go away like that. No, there's outbreaks. If you Google TB, you will see that there's still outbreaks and there's still... People are getting sick from it. It's just, they have the medicine now to take care of it. So it's like your flu. It really. It's like your flu type of thing. You know, you have your mm-hmm. vaccine, you have your antibiotics. It, it It's more eradicated now. It's not as big of a pandemic yeah. outbreak type of thing. Yeah. Uh, except if you do get that resistive strand, hopefully you don't. But that was basically what made Nopeming kind of a hospice center. Because most of those people that were still coming there, they had the resistive strain. They were not going home. Mm-hmm. They just weren't. Mm-hmm. And the natural transition to um, a nursing home was official in 1971. So the name changed in 1971. Before that, it was kind of... It was taking in the elderly, the sick, the hospice, people that weren't going to make it any longer. Um, yeah, because it wasn't always that. It was kids, too, like you said. Yep, yep. But mainly once, you know, after 1954, it just wasn't what it was. Sanatoriums yeah. weren't needed yeah. like they were. And most of them turned into nursing homes. state-run facilities. <clears throat> which... Mm-hmm. And it was, it was still was a state-run facility, Um they did a huge remodel, probably adding, like, windows and stuff because, I mean, they don't need the open air for, for anything, and yeah. you don't want your grandma cold. And by 2002, it was too expensive to run because it was run by taxpayer money, and people got were getting pissed off about it, and they shuttered it completely. So, 2002, which actually... It had a pretty good run. God forbid your taxes go to help somebody else. I know. But also the building was a fucking mess. It's so far away from places. It's hard to get water. It's hard to get electric. Like, it was just hard to get it a lot of the things without tons of money. So I think that it was just, they, they were done with it. They were like, it's too fucking expensive. It's probably well, starting to fall apart. By the time they put water in nursing and nursing home stuff, it's got all the stuff that they need. I'm not going to have a nursing home with no plumbing and no water. Mm. Especially... Especially in the 2000s, that's not... They did, but it it wasn't... I don't think it was a grand place to be. No, I know, but there's still no reason to, like... Yeah, I mean, it's far away, so... It still has plumbing, it still has water. It just pisses me off. Like, this is a place for people to go, like... Yeah, yeah. It's it's tired of people being selfish assholes. Well, that's just what it turned to. It turned to smaller places. It's always smaller little places, just like with asylums and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there was a company called Orison Inc. that bought it in 2009. They do still own it. They hope to fix the building and repurpose it as like a youth type center. So they, they don't want it to be closed down. Mm-hmm. They want to get it back up and running. Yeah, because of that, I mean, this is a, a historic building that's going to go to shit, just like the castle in Danville, mm-hmm. and people just 
They don't want to pay for it with their taxes, but then the one person tries to get it and it's too expensive. Oh, well, why'd they let the castle go to shit? Well, are you going to fucking help? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody's got to do something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, or just tear it down. You know? It's like... Yeah. That's let the animals come comes. back to the place. And that's the thing, too, is they're not tearing them down. They're just letting them become dilapidated and uninhabitable and unsafe. It just it makes and nobody's allowed to go there. It's like, just let the property go back to nature then. Yeah. And for many years, the building was not safe and it was off limits. There's mold, asbestos, lead. Oh, I'm sure. There's so much asbestos. You know, this, it's not a great place. Yeah. <laughs> and the Ghost Adventures crew was actually the first paranormal group ever let in for an investigation. And that was only like five, six years ago. So it was, it's not a place that a lot of people have been into. Of course, people have probably trespassed, which don't, mm-hmm. don't do that. You know, it's just don't do it. Just don't trespass. If you see a no trespassing sign, just don't trespass. That's it. So that's basically probably what was happening here. People were just coming in on their own and fucking the place up. So by the time. All it, these people have to do is literally open it as a museum and leave it exactly how it is. You don't got to clean shit. Be like. This is a museum of exactly how it was. You pay such and such to come in. What, five bucks? People can do five bucks. We're going to do two bucks. You're going to get a million people coming through there wanting to see this place. Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. I mean, this was five, six years ago. historic buildings, though. It's like, why don't people do that? You don't even have to just make sure it's not falling apart. You can leave it all Mm -hmm. dirty in the way it was. People want to see stuff like that. I know. And luckily, just the way it was. We do have a lot of things like that, like the old prisons and the old asylums. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have that, but there are some that just get lost and they don't get taken care of and then it's just sad it is sad and i feel like the paranormal investigation for the sanatorium like it's just scraped the surface it's only been five six years that people have even been allowed into it and been Mm -hmm. even investigating it so who knows what exactly like i don't have much on haunted here i have stuff but not like other buildings where people have been into and have thousands of experiences and thousands of EVPs and that it's just not there. Yeah. They're not. And the tours are historical tours. It's mm-hmm. not, you're locking down in this place for investigations. Yeah. Like it's not like that. It's not like rolling hills. I'd sneak off, let them go. <laughs> right. <laughs> With right. my little voice recorder, be like, it's quiet over here. There's a lot of places that are barred off though. Sure. I think they keep you in certain areas. It's it's quite strict. It's quite strict for a tour. So during the later days, um, when Nopeming was a nursing home, there are many stories about children's spirits. The elderly patients would report a child running around their rooms or hiding under their beds. Huh. TV hit children, guys. Huh. Children died. Lots of children. So... These reports, of course, were probably shrugged off because a lot of them were elderly and they were dementia patients, and it was people aren't going to believe them. They're like, oh yeah, child running They're around. They're dumb because you know, literally, children and the elderly are the ones are the best people to be able to see anything like that. And it's valid. I mean, there were children there. It's not yeah. like it's this far off anecdote of just like yeah. this random building where they're like, oh yeah, I see your child. Like there were children here. If you think one of your elderly loved ones is crazy because they're talking about spirits, they are most likely not. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. They're most likely not seeing just, you know, fake things in their head. No, it's, it's Anybody your children. Like, very a lot like of children too. Yeah. A lot. Oh, children make up stories. They have such imaginations. Like it happens. No, they can see, they are way more open than mm-hmm. we are, you guys. So. Yep. So, another phenomenon that could really lend validity to the children's spirits is an oldie, oldie, is an old, rusty tricycle. Oh, boy. It moves, doesn't it? It gets ridden. So, this tricycle will move on its own. Some have reported that the tricycle, which is located in an off-limits hallway, so it's not like people are down there all the time fucking with this tricycle, will either be further down the hall or it'll be facing a completely different direction. Huh. Just moves, twists, does its own thing. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Spooky. Yeah. So maybe these children's spirits are just carrying on with their playful nature. 
Yeah, I mean, hiding under beds and stuff. They're playing mm-hmm. hide and seek. They're playing with their tricycles. Able to breathe again. Yeah. You know, just living that life. Mm-hmm. Now, not all the spirits are sunny like little children. Of course not. In the basement of the main hospital, there is a sinister... There is a sinister spirit thought to be of a maintenance man. <laughs> yes. So this maintenance man does not like people entering his area. He does not like it when you touch his shit. Leave it alone. Apparently people enter, they feel uneasy and unwelcome, which is basically where this is coming from. And then there are residual gunshots that are heard on the third floor, which if you remember goes back to that shooting. Well, was there anything on who the maintenance guy might be? Not really, no. Hmm. No, there was just a maintenance guy who was kind of pissy, apparently, and they translated that to the the haunted part of it. And he died there? Or There's nothing. There's no... <laughs> they just said, oh, there was a mean maintenance guy, and he's probably the one haunting it. <laughs> well, yeah, because the, cause the feelings that they get, yeah. if you touch, like, his shit that's down there, like, he'll come yeah. at you. Like, he just doesn't... There's not mm-hmm. a lot on this place, yeah. surprisingly. I hate how they do that. I hate how they give you bits and pieces of a story. It's like, um... Well, it's like the Mother's Day thing. I can't find a single fucking thing on that. I can't find an article. Yeah. I can't... I Googled it. I Googled it different ways. And it's like, where is this information? Mm-hmm. Really, the guy, the... Dan Turner, who I mentioned earlier, substreet.org is his website and his blog. He is, like, the historian of this place. He's the one... He's in the Ghost Adventures episode. Mm-hmm. He is the one that knows so much about this place and mm-hmm. he really is the one that everyone kind of goes for for their information so i i did rely heavily on him yeah a lot and then the ghost stuff basically was just blogs little blogs of you know because they have opened up tours only yeah. the past five six years so really there's not much not much and the maintenance man came from Ghost Adventures and Destination Fear because they both they both mentioned him in their background on the show. So I don't know where they got that from, but yeah, mm-hmm. there was a maintenance man who apparently didn't like people. Mm-hmm. Growls can be heard in the crematorium area. So lovely. Yeah, those demonic growls. Crematorium street now, but yeah. I would agree on that. I yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and growling in it. That's just that's just lovely. Just knowing that those bodies were just, you know, turned to dust there. If what is the dust that is around those walls? Oh, for ancient years. Ugh. And people have also been scratched down in that area. So there's the growls and there's something physical. So I think that area is pretty sinister. Not mm-hmm. a fun area to be around. I don't know if those spirits are pissed, um, but it seems that many people had trespassed and they did not treat the building with respect when they were in there. There's garbage right around the crematorium. Like, fuck you. If you're going to trespass, take pictures. Leave nothing. Mm-hmm. Take nothing. Yep. Literally, just go and walk through it and enjoy what you're looking at, like all of us would love to do. Because if I were to do something like that, I would not be throwing shit on the floor and mm-hmm. trashing the place and There's writing on walls. There's broken windows. Like, There's yeah, broken, why? like, why are you... Stop being fucking awful people mm-hmm. and acting like mm-hmm. crazy wild animals mm-hmm. and just be normal. Exactly. And the fact that embrace what you're doing at the moment like no peming is their resting place this is the last place that they they were and a lot of those spirits could be hanging around why treat it like garbage you're fucking asshole are garbage yeah you know treat our historic buildings with respect you don't fucking own everything and Mm -hmm. stop acting like you do Mm -hmm. you know people own this stuff it's theirs it's their property if it's not yours don't fuck with it you don't fuck with it just just don't fuck with it how people litter all over the earth. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> over. Oh, my God. You go to the yeah. gully, and it's just, there's always a mattress on the side of the oh. freaking hill. Oh. Oh. <sighs> anyway, some of the other paranormal instances are doors slamming closed on their own. You can be walking down a hallway, and things will be thrown at you. They'll just kind of ding, 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 ding next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are multiple um, reports of disembodied voices. Of course. So. Always gotta be the voices echoing down the hall. Yeah, I don't know about 
EVPs if there were tons of them. They got a few in like the shows, but yeah, it wasn't something that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few investigations that have occurred at Nopeming, um, some caught shadow figures mm-hmm. in, in like, pictures and flashings and things like that. So that's cool. There are definitely some spirit there. Um, in 2016, they did open the doors for tours before it was off limits, like I said. But from May to October, you can buy tickets and reserve a spot. So, but you said it's like a historical tour, right? Yes. I don't think they, in October, they might go towards the ghost hunting route. Yeah. They don't want the building to be a ghost hunting place. Well, no, they want to. They want to turn it into a youth center, so yes. they don't want it to sound scary or be exactly. scary. If it's going to want... be a place where people kids can come. Yep, they want to use it for a different purpose. They want to repurpose it, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them for wanting. Yeah, it's a cool aspect, but not everybody wants it to be that way. Exactly. I don't blame them for wanting it to have a more positive connotation than ghosts and demons. And really. You have us and people who are like us who would do it all around the year. But there are those people that it's just October. October is a big business for that. And who knows what kind of money they're going to make the rest of the year. Is Mm -hmm. it going to be enough to keep upkeep? Is it going to be enough to keep the building nice? Mm -hmm. You don't know these things. So definitely right now they are, you know, taking donations, taking the money for the tours, trying their hardest to get the building fixed up and get it, you know, up to code so that they can open it. I definitely can see that untapped potential in the juju of this building. I mean, the people that that did die here, the the suffering that did occur. Mm -hmm. Luckily, it wasn't like lobotomies and awful treatment of people. It was a very nice place. It was, was yeah. Nobody was mistreated, it seems. And that's so refreshing mm-hmm. to hear when you hear sanatorium. They have a negative. They have it being positive. A lot of people think sanatorium is mental illness. And there may be sanatoriums mm-hmm. for mental illness. But in the United States, they were TB hospitals. They were built for tuberculosis mm-hmm. in that structure of curing tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what they're for. Chest operations happened, but they weren't that. Well, they were also trying Popular. to help. They were trying to figure it out. It's yeah. Not like... And it was in extreme cases yeah. where nothing else was working. Most of those people were probably going to die anyway, guys. Yeah. Sorry. It's but... not just a mental illness where they're like, oh, she's down. Let me stuff an ice pick in her brain and, and sever a connection so that they're happy now. Yeah, No, exactly. that is that's a completely different situation. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's the sanatorium. That is no pemming. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, I just, we need to love our old buildings, guys. Yeah. Uh, from her last week's episode to this week's episode, we're, we're, we're telling you, you know, just. Be respectful be of places respectful. and things that aren't yours. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't need to be a douchebag. No. I mean, like I said, if you're going to trespass, we honestly understand because there are places we'd love to see inside of that you can't unless you do trespass. And. I'm terrified to get arrested, so I won't, but... I won't trust them, because no, I'm not about to. And they patrol this place, guys. They patrol this place, so don't fucking even try. They have cops that patrol it. Mm -hmm. If you're not there for a tour, you cannot buy tickets at the gate. A lot of places are going to have cameras at the gates. They're going to have, you know... And you can't just, like, be like, oh, I think I'm going to go to Nopemi and get a, a tour. Like, you have to call ahead. You have to get tickets ahead of time. It's not that place where it's just... Open for it, you know. They're doing it to get money to open for another reason. Yeah. So respect them. They own it. We don't own it. It is cool. Uh But just watch the episodes on the place of the people that were able to go in there. Or, you know, if you have a ghost hunting Or become somebody who, yeah, who's able to go into places. A reporter or something. Exactly. Somebody Um, who does that. But yeah, that's no pemming. Very cool. Very yeah. cool, yo. I and like that. if you are someone who did trespass, <laughs> and you yeah. want to like let us know how haunted that place really is, yeah, they can't arrest you after the fact, guys. We would love to do it, and we will we'll, we'll anonymous you or something. Unless <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be, we'll spread it out to the world. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, yeah, email us. Yeah, that. yeah. 
And uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for your continued listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you so much. Keep it going. And, yeah. So we'll see you next week. In the meantime, find us on YouTube. Choo-choo. Go find us on YouTube. Search More Than Murder. Smash the bell. Hit the follow, subscribe button. All those things so that you can see all of our videos. Mm-hmm. And then you can find us on the socials. Yes, you can. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at More Than Murder. Find us on Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder. And find us on Instagram at More Than Murder Pod. Do that now. Do it. And then if you have a ghost story from Hope Hemming or you have other ghost places or spooky stories that you want to tell us, anything, suggestions, email us at the Gmail. More than murderpod at gmail.com. Yippee Kaye. Yes, we will check it. We will respond back to you. We will check, 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 check it. We will. Um, another thing that you can email us is if you leave us a review. If you guys go to iTunes or even our Facebook page and you leave us a review, we, or anywhere else you see that you can. Yes, if there is another place. Literally put your review every single place you can put it. Yeah, if there. <laughs> If you know of a platform that does reviews that we don't, <laughs> leave us a review there. We're not that type of business. So don't Yelp us. <laughs> We're not on Yelp, guys. No. Don't fucking Yelp. But um, if you do that, we are going to shout you out. We will give you a little shout out at the beginning of an episode. We are getting some fun merch stuff. So we'll send you a little bit of goodies. Goody goodies. Goody goodies. So once you do that, email us at the Gmail and we will get you your stuff and your shout out. But we need to know who you are because Apple doesn't tell us that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yep. Leave us your name, your review, and your address. See. Yes. So do that. Yes. And we will uh, see you next time. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye. Bye.